Today on the American Mutsu Show, Dell Big Tree. Did anybody know who he was? How many of you knew who he was before all of this communism started to crash down on humanity the last two years? I didn't know who he was. Um, Hollywood producer. He has he has felt like he's been called to this work. And after I met him in 2020 at a rally in Utah. And he said some things. It's actually in our documentary, Non-Essential. If you uh, text the word Liberty to 888-210-6260, text the word Liberty to 888-210-6260, and you'll get a link with the documentary, Non-Essential. He's in it. But he said something that was amazing. Um, He said, God needs you now. And so those words have resonated with me as I've shown the documentary around uh, the country. And um, I wanted to talk about that with him. So we really dive into the spiritual war. So I don't think you'll hear this kind of interview with Del Bigtree anywhere else. Maybe you will, but I wanted to share that with you. And so get ready for a great interview. Before we get going, let me tell you about products from our sponsor. Yes, it's my company, Freedom Blends. We have First Amendment Multis for men, men and women. We have Kami Cleanse. We have Sleep Off Socialism. We have Lady Liberty Libido. We have Conservatively Calm. We have Benjamin Franklin Neuro. We have Delaware Crossing Immune. We have Jefferson Juice Testosterone. We have, I mean, the list goes on and on. We have Jefferson Juice Men's Libido. We have Hair, Skin, and Nails. We have Freedom Fuel, and I'll tell you about Freedom Fuel in just a second. And then last but not least, we have Pro-Life Protein, Babies Lives, hashtag Babies Lives Matter. So Freedom Fuel, one of the main reasons why our bodies crave all day long is because they're not properly nourished. So all day they're just searching for nourishment. And so Freedom Fuel has all of your fruits and veggies, organic. It's got probiotics for gut health because so much serotonin is created in our gut. And if we don't get that gut in check, then we're not creating as much serotonin as we should. Uh, The energy on this is amazing. Most people get the combo pack. So if you go to freedomblends.com, that combo pack will last one person about two months. So go to freedomblends.com, just start reading, click it and read the testimonials, read the ingredients, you're gonna love it. So, So during this interview, I just want you to notice when he starts talking about his mission. And he starts talking about his, what he's supposed to do. Because I've been telling people this from the very beginning that God has sent each one of us with gifts, with talents for this day, for this time. And every single person that's starting to awake, which is a blessing and a curse at the same time, because we can see what's happening and so many people can't, that you have a mission and you have a calling. And it's amazing to see somebody in their calling. But we went from probably tens of thousands of views before the pandemic. I would say, you know, a good show would do 100,000, 140,000 views to now our shows are doing four and a half million. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So that's and, hey. and every week going up from there. So it's really fun. That's God's work. Yeah. yeah. 
I think I, I would say I'd take it a step further than that. I think I was designed to do what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Like the parents that I chose or were given to me have a huge part of, you know, why I'm here. And then all of like when I got involved with Vaxxed, that moment, I always try to describe it that, you know, I'm working on the doctor's television show. I've won an Emmy Award working for CBS. And but there was always this place inside of me that was saying there's something I'm supposed to be doing and this isn't it. Mm. And so I remember being back home and visiting, you know, my, my friends in Boulder, Colorado, and they're like, you know, it's kind of like you're not grateful, dude. I mean, like, we're watching you and your life's amazing. I mean, you won an Emmy Award and you're like saying things like, I just haven't found what I'm supposed to be doing. I was like, don't get me wrong, I'm totally grateful for the life I have, but I've always felt like I'm here for a very specific purpose and my prayers were always like in, you know, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? Because I know I'm, I'm, it's around me, it's near me. And in the moment, um, through an incredible set of miracles that I found myself in the basement of Andy Wakefield, the big baddie doctor from England that first started putting vaccines and autism together. But, you know, I found out he was making this documentary about the whistleblower at the CDC. And so I went to his house said I'd been interested in that story for many months now. I didn't realize anyone was working on it. And when I sat and watched what he thought was the finished film, you know, and I was looking at it, and I thought, this guy's sitting on the biggest story of my lifetime, especially having come from somehow being a medical journalist, you know, working on this doctor's television show. My mom would call me and say, Dell, what are you doing working on a medical talk show? You've never been to a doctor in your life. I mean, I grew up with totally alternative medicine. I'd never been vaccinated. And I would just say, I don't know, but it's an amazing job. And I'm kind of like a Trojan horse here. I'm challenging the medical establishment with every show I do. And they don't realize what I'm doing. I'm like talking about acupuncture instead of uh, anesthesia or you know, minimally invasive techniques that are you know, doing less damage to the body, things like that. And I was the number one rated producer on the show. No one, they just let me do whatever I want to do. But, so then I found myself in that moment watching this film and I just thought that all the science is here, all the legalities of it, but it is so technical, there's not seven people in the world that are going to sit and watch this movie. And it just hit me as I was watching it, every single part of my journey, every failure, every success, all the way to why am I working on a medical talk show and I'm looking at a film <laughs> that needs someone that understands all sides of this, the anti-vaxxers, the pro-vaxxers, those that have been injured, but knows how to take science and make it entertaining. I love it. And I thought, not only am I qualified to be sitting here, I think I'm probably the single most qualified human being of the seven billion people on this planet to be sitting it. here right now. And it just occurred to me, Oh my God. This is it. I didn't really have free will. All of this, all of these things were being laid out to set me up for this moment. And I, and, and I, it's, it's hard to explain that. And the thing about it, and I always try to make sure I get across to people, I believe the universe is honorable. I believe that God, I mean, I think we're all equal, brothers and sisters. I can't be the only one that was designed to have a destiny, you know? So I try to help people understand, you have a destiny here, you it. must. So a documentary I saw long ago, it was about the star, the star of Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And they took this software and they went back, so the software can go back and see where stars are at backwards and forwards. Mm. And they went back 2000 years. And what they saw was that there wasn't a big star 2000 years ago. However, 
there were several stars lined up to make mm. one big star. So if, if God in his wisdom can have the stars line up at exact time when Christ was mm -hmm. born, mm -hmm. how much more important are we as human beings, as children of God? Yeah. So I believe we have been sent, each one of us, just like yeah. these stars, at the exact moment in space and time to use our gifts and talents. That's what I mainly want to talk to you about. Because um, when you came and did one of the big rallies here in Utah in 2020, you said something that struck me, and, I, and it's actually part of the documentary, Non-Essential, but you said, God needs you now. God needs you now, and you were yelling it. Yeah. And that's something that I believe we are missing, especially as religious people, because a lot of times as, as Christians, there's kind of this narrative that we need to be nice over speaking truth. So what are your thoughts on that? Jesus was not nice. You know, the, when we look at, you know, Moses was not nice. When you're standing in God and you're in, you know, you're standing and looking into the eyes of evil or the total, you know, removal of light uh, and denial of God, then um, you're not supposed to be nice there. You know, Jesus kicks out the money changers. There are moments that even the most peaceful person must stand up for what is right, must stand up for what has created us. And so, you know, I'm not into hurting people. I don't need to be, you know, physical. But what I mean is I don't have to be kind about this. You know, I need to be confident about this. And I have to have faith. I think that the thing I find myself saying the most now to my brother and sister are ministers. Uh, my father was a minister. You know, I grew up in the church. And, you know, my family, everyone around me, I was like, you know, there's a lot of fear. They have fear, whether it's about this, this virus or but because we weren't vaccinated as kids, my family still was grappling with, you know, we're supposed to mask to keep the church open. It was like, what church is there if you are saying that the air God has made can be dangerous to you or that you're dangerous to each other? We are created in the image and likeness of God. How could we possibly be dangerous to each other? And so I've been frustrated and, and I get it, right? We're all grappling with, and in that situation, you know, my father would say, Dell, if I don't do this mass mandate, my church will be shut down and I can't bring God to the people. And I get it. I mean, I get that conflict, but where has it gotten us, right? That's right. It's only just backed us further and further down the road. This is, it's this is what happened. It's a type and a shadow to every, That's it. every single time. Shadrach, Meshach. Correct. It's a type and a shadow. You know, and so maybe I'm wired differently. Maybe I'm really blessed that the, you know, that my defiance has worked to my benefit. You know, I walked away from my television career. When I decided to make Baxt, I knew I was going to destroy the career that had won me an Emmy Award. It was just so clear to me that this is what God had put me on this earth to do. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to assume I'm going to be protecting this. I don't know where the money's going to come from. No one's going to pay me to make this film. I mean, but I know this is why I'm here. And so how could that possibly be the wrong decision? And, you know, what's really interesting about it, and I think people credit me with having, like, this incredible foresight. Right, they watch the high wire, they watch the show they do, and wow, Dell, you predicted this pandemic was coming a year or two before it happened. Look at all the things you've gotten right. You predicted where this virus is gonna you be, you know, you, 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 you. And the truth is, is, is I lost all of my foresight, I would say. 
I, as a television producer, which is what I am, and a film director and a director, you know, you're spending lots of money to do things. Say, so what makes you talented and what, how you get that job is you're really good at predicting what's going to go wrong. You're really good at foreseeing all the potential issues that are going to happen with all your staff, the lights, the cars, everything that's going on. And so you do sort of have this ability to foresee you know, ahead and, and predict problems. Or, you know, my dad was big on Murphy's Law. How's Murphy gonna get me? You know, we would always <laughs> joke, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but the truth is, is that moment when I truly recognized that this was what I was put on this earth to do, in order to take that step to make that film, I had to let go of everything that was comfortable, everything that had set up my life. It wasn't a hard decision because, as I said, it, it literally felt like the light had just shined down on me. I knew what I was supposed to do. But what I try to get through to people is that moment, I lost, I feel like I lost all of that intellectual ability to predict the future, to, to see what the problems ahead. I mean, not that I don't have it, but really that moment I decided I'm now venturing to something that makes no sense to anybody. There's no one's gonna help, be able to help me through this. There's only God. And so I'm gonna have to surrender to and, and keep myself clear so that God can speak through me in this moment. Help me speak to Andy Wakefield, who's terrified of having, being ridiculed again if this movie comes out. I mean, that was not an easy movie to make. I mean, no matter what anyone thinks, Andy and I's relationship to that was very difficult, and for all the right reasons, right? I wanted to make it more understandable, I wanted to simplify it, and he didn't want to lose the truth. And so we, you know, but all through that, you know, I've learned to take a step into the abyss every day and God puts a step underneath me and is making me look very talented at predicting the future. But the truth is, is I've never lived more in the moment in my entire life. The moment is all I have. And if there's one thing I would like to get through to people is that, you know, sure, it's great to be intelligent, it's good to be smart, but God is smarter than all of us. And, you know, um, sort of simplify that story and, and is, what really helped me was the moment, we kept having things go wrong in the film, where one time we were editing and all of a sudden somebody, we could tell something was pulling our pieces and stealing the information right off the computer mm -hmm. in front of us. Then another time, the story about the whistleblower was released, leaked out. When we were, you know, we wanted to film, we wanted to be breaking that story. And uh, Andy was really upset and felt like it, it's all for naught, we're gonna lose everything here. And this one day he was really upset and so was our co-producer, Polly. And I remember sitting and praying that morning and I just thought, and it, I was just overcome with a thought. And it was somewhat vulgar in its delivery, so I'll keep it clean, but I went out to Andy and Polly and I said, you know what, here's the way I figure it. You know, we are never gonna be able to outsmart the pharmaceutical industry that has all the greatest advertising agencies and think tanks and how to brainwash people. You know, we're never gonna outsmart them. We're never gonna own the television. They have every single network. They have every single news station. They are gonna be able to deliver their message 24 hours a day. We will never have that box on the walls inside of people's houses. They are buying politicians to pass laws. Those politicians have to do what they're gonna, what they say and what they mandate and dictate or they will lose their jobs. So here's the way I got it figured. On paper, this is an impossible mission. The only way, and I said, here's how I think it goes. Either God is with us or we are effed. Hmm. And and that is my mantra. I know it's a very strange way to put it, but here's what it means. 
I said, there's something happening here. Everything that we think has gone wrong, that must be the part of this bigger picture that our simple minds cannot understand. Do you remember Gideon's army when he said, you have too many? Yeah. You have too many soldiers. So they, they brought it all the way down. They whittled it down because God wants to show because the Israelites, God didn't want them to boast on their own strength. Mm. So sometimes, because that's been bothering me. Mm -hmm. why, where, why, why isn't everybody awake? Why aren't they fighting? And sometimes by small and simple things, that's how he brings to pass his purposes. Maybe I'm trying to make sense of it. Still. Look, we all are. And I'm, and I'm, I'm only, and these are just, this is a small, I'm a small mind in a giant world. And all I know is that there is a greater intelligence. Clearly, I, I can only say that my experience through these last several years, so I see miracles every single day. I see nothing but miracles everywhere I go. People say, how are you so confident? And I wish people could live in my body for one week. Mm -hmm. And you would realize there's nothing to fear. We own this. God owns this. I mean, That's you, right. You know what I mean? And there's nothing is going to stop the truth. So what, do, really you say, what do you say to faith-based people that are in a religion that are basically hanging on the, on the words of their church leaders yeah. that are listening, that are getting their information from, yeah. from the mainstream media, from you know, the, the doctors of the world. What do you say to those people that are, that are getting told, get vaccinated, using words like safe and effective mm -hmm. from pulpits, yeah. What are what do you what do you say? Well, when, when, the, when their conscience is well, telling I mean, I think in order and, and look again, this is my opinion. You're asking about, and so I'm going to be honest. I'm an honest person. So in order to understand where that's coming from, I have to admit I'm anti-religion. I'm pro-God. I think religion and what we design around the teachings of God, no matter what your prophet is or who they are, I think when you look at most religions, God is coming through and that voice is very similar in all of those religions. But the religion built around it and what people do is to try and manipulate each other through it. Mm -hmm. If you go back to the teachings of any one of our you know, teachers throughout time, it is clear what that message is. And I think that you know, you can pull open your Bible and most of us at least reference back to Genesis and the creation story. And I, I'll be talking about it tonight. When I look at that creation story, we're told you were created in the image and likeness of God. And God very clearly states, I have given you everything. Dominion over this earth, you have a perfect body. Everything is yours. You live in paradise. I only have one rule for you. Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil lest you shall surely die. Didn't make a lot of sense as a kid, you know? Why, why wouldn't I want to know good and evil? But as I watch this world develop and what's going on, and when I watch what happens in religions, where I have a person standing there judging those outside of them, judge not that you be not judged, yet I have rarely ever heard a minister that doesn't think he has the power to judge me, to judge the people outside of this church, to judge like somehow he is a voice or she is a voice of God. And I think that we're already off balance there, but I take it a step further. When we live in this world now, and what that means to me now is never become so arrogant. Never ever believe that you have any concept or ability to judge anything on this earth. You can't judge good, you can't judge evil. You must stay humble and know that you have one job to do, to be good to each other and recognize that God is always your strength and your power. And if you lose sight of that, if you think you can mess with one virus inside of the million or billion I have teeming inside of your stomach that make you who you are, if you think you can put antibacterial 
on, you know, soap on your hands, which has million billions of strep and MRSA and, you know, all of these viruses and bacteria. A perfect dance is taking place on your body. A universe is alive inside of you as part of what God has created. If you think that this air that you're breathing is something that balance is going on, that you can mess with any part of this. If you ever become that arrogant, you will surely die. And I think we are clearly seeing a time where we have lost sight of what is taking place. I don't understand how any minister, how any leader of any church can ever tell their parishioners, you need to wear a mask. You need to be afraid of the air that God gave you. This is Eden. We are standing in it. The only thing that keeps us from recognizing that is our fear. And what are we told? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of evil and death, I will fear no evil. I mean, that is where we're supposed to stand. We are supposed to not have fear. And I have yet to, I can't find a church that isn't doing anything but speaking from a place of personal, physical fear and no belief that God has got them. And so I think the church is dead. I don't know. And someone show me. You find, you have a minister out there. There's a couple. There's a church in California that I know of where that minister stood up and said, there will be no mass. You can take me to jail. There's a guy up in Canada. But we're about to count on one or two hands the amount of religious leaders on this planet right now that have said, God is the only thing that I have faith in. I don't have faith in Tony Fauci. I don't have faith in the government. And I don't care what the health department has to say. My health department is God and my intuition inside of me, and it says that I will survive this. Wow. Thank you for your beliefs on that. If there's one message that you want to share to anybody watching this with what's happening today, what is that message? Well, first of all, to have faith. I mean, it's really easy. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say the things that I'm saying. I'm not afraid to stand in, in what I believe. I'm not afraid to breathe this air. I don't care if people have COVID around me. I don't care if they have AIDS. I don't care about any of those things. I don't care about the threats that are made. I don't care that the government's trying to call me a terrorist because I know God has got this. And truly, if we are going to survive this, then we've got to remember who our creator is and get everybody else out of the way. Turn off those voices. Turn off your television set. And if your, your church is making you afraid to breathe the air or making you think you've got to inject some DNA manipulating you know, technology that's never even been in an animal before as your way to move forward, either you find a different church or you reach inside for the church inside of you. Get with God. And I think the beauty of this, the beauty of what's taking place here, this is all happening for a reason. And I think that that's the key. Instead mm -hmm. of, I, I say to people, stop wasting all your energy asking yourself, is this really happening? This is really happening. These are end times style events. Mm -hmm. Now, whether this is the end or not, that's for God to decide. But I believe we win this. I believe that, that on the other end of this is awakening, is an evolution in spirit and consciousness, in a, you know, a, a rebirth, as you will, into you know, our connection to God and Christ. I think all of that is possible here. Just as in the Old Testament, you know, um, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? When it was when dealing with Moses. They used to just boggle my mind as a kid. Like, Dad, I don't understand. Why is God playing both sides of this? You know, Moses goes in, he gives these powers, he casts down his staff, he turns into a serpent. Pharaoh freaks out, says, get out of here. And as soon as they walk out the door, it doesn't say Pharaoh decides to be a jerk. It says God hardens Pharaoh's heart. So to me now, what that says is, God is all of this. 
God is this turmoil. And God is that person that you know that decided to get the third or fourth vaccine and is probably going to die because of it. You know, and we're all frustrated. Sometimes there are people really close to us. And I've learned to say, you know what? They're playing this role in this passion play too, in this story too. Everyone has their role. I know what mine is. Mine is gonna be to survive. Mine is gonna be to stand in the truth. Mine is to build that promised land, to rebuild it, to return to it, and bring as many people as I can to it. I know it's there. And so I think that that's our mission. I love it. Thank you so much. To somebody who, to, to somebody who is just right on that fence, who's listening to mainstream media, who's listening to both sides, and they're like, what yeah. am I gonna do with my, with my children? What am I gonna do with these new boosters? What do you say to them? You know, I just asked that question on my show, The High Wire, this week. People can go to thehighwire.com, and I do a show every Thursday, and I brought in a psychologist who wrote a whole book, The United States of Fear, and he was talking about this sort of mass psychosis event that's taking place that we've all gone crazy, essentially, because of manipulation from the media. And I asked him, I said, you know, it seems to me that we're almost divided 50-50. I would say, you know, they managed to get about 61% of America vaccinated. Super low number, way lower than they, they expected. It really actually gives me faith that uh, enough of our nation stood up and said, oh, hell no. You know, we may not be marching in the streets, but we're defiantly Well, and that's on the no. first shot, you know, too, because right. I think it's going to slowly... Yeah, it's going to end. As they, may, they mandate that the third is what makes you vaccinated, then we'll suddenly be 75% of the country will be considered anti-vax. Whatever you want to, you know, right, that's right. pejorative, but you get what, what I mean. But as, as we stand and as we sort of move in that, I think we realize that the power is ours and it's shifting in our direction. Um, and we need to simply sort of stand in that, carry that torch all the way through. And if we keep speaking our truth, if we keep standing in that, more and more it's all gravitating in our direction. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. How can people connect with you? What, where, where can they go? Um, how can they support? You know, um, the best thing to do is just go to thehighwire.com. We have a nonprofit, our own a website. We've sued, we have a legal team that is currently, um, we just, you know, we won against the National Institute of Health, FDA, CDC, Health and Human Services. We are suing the government on a lot of these issues. Aaron Siri is our lead lawyer. He just won a lawsuit. They were trying to block all of the Pfizer data. Uh, that has now been collected. It's how they sort of made a decision. They made, you know, hundreds of thousands of documents. They wanted us to wait till 2076 to deliver all of the documents from the Pfizer trials. And we sued, well, I, we didn't sue, but my lawyer sued Aaron Siri for a group of scientists. Um, and uh, one, we just got the judge to say, no, it's not going to be 2076. It's going to be before the end of 2022. That's amazing. They're forcing the government to provide 50,000 documents per month until it's all tweet. delivered out. So, so, you know, we're winning on that front, but that all those types of lawsuits, we're also suing for the V-safe data. This is the specific database that's collecting all the injuries from the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines and uh, Johnson & Johnson. They want to hide that data. And we said, no, that's the public's data. And so we have a lawsuit going right now to open up that data to the public so that world-renowned scientists that aren't owned by pharma, aren't owned by our corrupted government, can actually look at this data and maybe figure out you know, if the vaccine works for anybody, to figure out who it's working for, who it's not, how to fix it, make it better, all the things. I'm not anti-science, but we can't have good science if we can't challenge the authorities. We can't, you know, ask reasonable scientific questions. So all of that's possible. I realized I didn't fully finish the last question, which was, you know, this half and half of us, half of us think the other side is crazy. 
how do we know which one of us is right? And you were asking me, you know, how do people know when they're taking in all this information? And I asked him the same thing on the show. He said, who has to keep changing this story and whose truth has been ongoing and held strong? That's how you know which side has got it right. And anyone that's been watching my show, I'm sure watching the work that you're doing because we're all sharing the same. And you know, if we're not owned by mainstream media, if you're thinking outside the box and you're doing the investigation, I've, I haven't had to recant a single statement I've made. Mm -hmm. All of it's proven to be true, as I said. And so for people out there that are confused, if you've seen Tony Fauci have to change his description of what this vaccine's capable of, mm -hmm. how many you're gonna need, whether you need a vaccine, I mean, whether you need a mask, two masks, three masks, four, um, all of those things should tell you who's the liar in the room. And at the very least, who has absolutely no capability or talent or intelligence. And so from that perspective, it should be very clear to you now. If you're being lined up for more shots than you bargained for, they told you you were gonna need. If they're now telling you, oh, well, yeah, you're gonna get the infection, uh, but it limits your disease. Well, guess what? I told you that the day that they released this vaccine to the public. I told you okay. that that's what we knew was the truth. Tony Fauci didn't tell you that. They made you believe you were protecting your neighbor by getting this vaccine. You are not protecting anybody by getting this vaccine. How many would you say the VAERS, you know, they say, oh, VAERS is at 20,000. What's your prediction on not only deaths, but injury? I think that, so when we look at VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, this is the, the large public capture system for vaccine injury that's been used since 1986. It actually is a part of the 1986 Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. Harvard uh, did a study, I believe it was back in 2015, paid million dollars by the CDC to investigate VAERS and see how efficient it is at capturing vaccine injury, since that's what it's designed to do. It's our number one most important capture system. And Harvard used its own uh, Harvard Pilgrim Health System as a model to sort of investigate it, and they came out and said, VAERS appears to be capturing less than 1% of the total amount of actual injuries that are taking place. So And deaths. And deaths across the board. And I think, you know, the other side will try to argue that it's more likely, you know, very low capture for mild illness, but for the more serious things like death, it's going, you know, that's gonna be better reported. I totally disagree. I think that when you have a brainwashed medical system like you do, uh, with doctors that tell their patients every day these are safe, they are effective, they don't want to admit to themselves that that person just died two days after the vaccine. They're never reporting that to bears because that would mean they'd have to go against their own religious belief in what they're doing. And they're, they're not, you know, um, they're not into committing heresy. So I think that if there's one category that's probably, you know, reported less than any of them is probably death. But as you're saying, you know, we're now looking at, you know, uh, I think it's roughly 20,000, is that where we're at? Is it 20,000 reported deaths uh, from the vaccine in bears? I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, if that's 1%, you know, then, the you know, we're, we're, we're doing the math. I would say that the very least, you have to assume that that's at best 10%. Um, and I think if you look at that, if I was going to be a betting man, I think you would, if you really did the science and really tried to nail it down to the wall and what you could absolutely prove, I'm pretty sure that 200,000 people have been murdered by the vaccine at least. And that's so in the far, United States. Just so far in the United States. I had a friend who's still in law enforcement. He, he called me, he, they got a call, family member calls and says, hey, my, my family member just took this vaccine. Um, go check on him, they, they check on him, he's dead. Yeah. So in the call log, it says, family member calls vaccine. The next day he went to go check all the log, gone. 
Yep. It doesn't say anything about it. The CDC is still saying, Pfizer is still saying, we don't have any reported deaths from the vaccine. It's impossible. I mean, that's an impossible statement. Uh, I couldn't give a piece of food to everyone in the country that's the same and not have somebody die. There are people that are allergic to everything we do on this planet. So to make the statement that nobody's died, you know for a fact they're lying to us. And so um, I think when we look at it, and then, you know, take aside the vaccine deaths that are probably happening, and then there's the long-term deaths that are all what I'm going to talk about tonight. That You know, there's 50, let me be clear, I don't like exaggerating. There's, there's seven serious ways this vaccine can kill you, and that, that we know of scientifically, that are now being explored by all sides now that we're all a test group of this product. But beyond that, you have a hospital system in the United States of America that Dr. Robert Malone, who invent, was the, one of the inventors of the mRNA vaccine technology, he just said it on Joe Rogan's podcast, um, I think you can attribute 500,000 deaths to basically medical malpractice uh, for the denial of working treatments. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, these things should be being used in hospitals. Um, and so I think you probably have 200,000 people easy killed by the vaccine. I think 500,000 killed by medical malpractice by the hospital system in the United States of America. And this isn't, I know these sound like outrageous statements to people that are out there like, oh my, how could you say that? I'm, you know, because, and, and there's, we're getting glimpses now that we just had, saw a report last week. One of the CEOs of the Indiana, the Indiana Health Insurance uh, Company just came out and said that there has been a 40% rise in death rate amongst 18 to 45 year olds in all of their insurance system. Oh, yeah. And he I said to that. put that in perspective, a one in 200 year catastrophic event, insurance would accept about a 10% rise in death during that event. We have 40%. And he said, it's not just COVID. It's not people going into hospital dying of COVID. It's all-cause mortality is up 40%. This is, and so this, someone's got some explaining to do. So and give, so us, for all so give us just, we're out of time. Give okay. us like 15 seconds of hope. <laughs> well... The, the hope is that because of this pressure, like I said, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, because of this epidemic, whether it's real or not, um, because of the pressure by the industry and by our government, I think more people are awake than we have ever, ever dreamed to have happened. I mean, I've been at this for almost six years now. I've been standing next to Robert Kennedy Jr. We've been speaking at every event, everywhere we could. There used to be a, a few hundred people where we would go and speak. My, my online you know, um, talk show or news show had you know, maybe 100,000 views. Because this pandemic in two years, I now have four and a half million viewers and growing. Every event I go to, look how many chairs are in this room in this small town, St. George, Utah. You know, we're looking at, we're, I think the six to 700 people will probably be here tonight or more. I would guess probably packed in the standing room around the edges of this room. People are waking up and this is what happened. We said it early on, this had to happen. You can't hide this, light. You can't hide light and you know what? Every once in a while we need a rebirth and birth is painful and it's scary and it's terrifying and I believe that is what we're in right now. We're in the birth pangs of a new dawn and a new age. And so what I would say to people right now is stop whining, 
stop complaining. This really is happening. But for all those people, like, I might lose my job if I don't get the vaccine. I was like, I'm pretty sure 99% of the people saying that right now hate their jobs anyway. I think they have a dream of what they really wanted to do. And I'm saying, why don't you make this that opportunity? Instead of poisoning your body and thinking that's the only way I can feed my family, I'd like to ask you how you plan on feeding your family if you're dead. Why don't you then take this moment where obviously God, or if that's how you need to see it, is pushing you out of this job, is making you make a decision. Why don't you pursue your dream? Don't be panicked, don't be afraid. Pursue that dream that you always wanted to do. This right now, this, this burning cauldron that the world feels like, like everything is on fire, pull out your metal, melt it down, and let's build new girders, new foundations for our new world that we dream into. That, I think, is what's happened. Yes. And either that fire will burn you or it will build for you. I plan on building. Get out of Babylon. That's it. Dale, thank you so much. Thank you. You're awesome. I really appreciate it. Dale Big Tree, everyone. I immediately knew the first thing that we had to do was gather. I was scared that first one, you know, because I text one of my buddies on the police department. And he said, I heard that Chief Brown is gonna arrest every person there. That's a big deal. Like you get arrested, but then I thought about it, it's like they now have to make a decision. This is our first amendment right under any circumstance. If you don't challenge it, they're gonna continue to gain ground until pretty soon your rights are already taken. After that first rally, um, I felt hope. No true state of emergency exists. The problem is the leadership, those making the decisions. Those are the ones that are violating our constitutional rights. This is what is happening in the United States of America to scare you, to make you believe that your God is coming up short. It, it, this doesn't make sense. From an epidemiological point of view, that's when you have to go, okay, there's something bigger behind this. Salt Lake City's Mayor Mendenhall put out a snitch line. We do not snitch on our neighbor. That's not what we do in America. Salt Lake City!